Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. Last week in our study, uh, we saw a life point. I didn't think I would get the second one. We're going to look at the second one today. Um, but man, such, such an important point to remember last week's point was this when you are who you are supposed to be you're living that life uh, striving after Christ it doesn't mean that you're sinless but you're trying to be obedient you're trying to strive to live a life that's honoring to the Lord Uh, at times things can become more difficult than they already are again you can be in a very difficult place you can be going through a, a, a difficult trial you can be going through something you don't understand And you're trying to do everything you possibly can to live a life honoring to the Lord, and yet things keep getting more difficult. It happens like that. It happens like that in our world. It it has always happened uh, throughout uh, the ages of the people of God. We're looking at Joseph, his life. We already looked at his, his, his lineage. Now we're looking at his life. And where we have found him is in bondage. His brothers have sold him away to um the Egyptians basically ultimately and he has become a slave in the house of the general of Egypt the general over all of Egypt his name is Potiphar he's a slave to him now God the Bible says has been with Joseph and God has given Joseph favor and God has promoted Joseph and so Joseph's life it looks blessed even though he's still in bondage even though he's still a slave he's not a free man he has freedom inside of his bondage if you will uh, to run and to, to, to operate in everything for Potiphar, uh, his army, his household, and um, basically promoted to the general manager of all that he has. And uh, he was in so much control, the Bible tells us, that Potiphar didn't even know what he had. Uh, he didn't know anything, what was going on in his business, in his affairs, nothing, had no idea what was happening except what food he would eat at each meal. What, what an interesting life, right? Anybody else think that's interesting? He had no clue what was going on in his, in, what, what he had, what, what he possessed, what, what he was earning, uh, how much, har- you know, how, how much uh, you know, of the harvest he was having. He had no idea. He entrusted all of that to Joseph. And uh, the Bible says that uh, everything was, was Joseph's except for one thing. And that's what we saw last week. We saw that Potiphar's wife made an advance to Joseph. Joseph's response to her was that he didn't have permission to have her that way. Um, Over and over and over and over, Joseph has proven himself to be steadfast. Over and over and over, uh, regardless of his circumstances, he's proven to be still faithful to being who God has called him to be. And that another great, is another great example for us today. We've seen that point already. Man, just because our circumstances change, just because our emotions and our feelings change, just because we go through difficult times, doesn't change our call to be who we're supposed to be in, in Jesus Christ. And again, we, we oftentimes think that there's some reason that we can excuse that away because, well, our circumstance is worse than anybody else's. But that's never in Scripture. We are called to be who God's called us to be, regardless of what we go through. 
And again, Joseph is that great example for us uh, in this study. We've also not seen something uh, that many of us can be guilty of doing in the midst of our, in, uh, in the midst of our trials and bad circumstances, and that's this. We have not seen him gripe or complain one time. Have you noticed that? You've studied this on your own before. You've probably heard lessons and messages on this before, but even as we've gone back through this again, we've seen even when his brothers hated him, even when his brothers sold him into slavery, even when, uh, again, he was an outcast, and, and now that he's been a slave and, and, and all these things, even now that this has happened to him, that Potiphar's wife has made an, an advance to him, Joseph has still not griped or complained about the conditions that he's been in, the circumstances he's gone through. I, I just want to ask us this morning, could we say that about our lives? Could you say that about your life? You're going through something, you're going through trial, you're going through difficulty, going through circumstance, and have you said things like, why does it have to be me? I don't like this. What, have you griped or complained? Again, I'm not saying that we don't have those emotions, that we don't have those, those, those feelings or deal with that, that, that frustration because we're humans and we have feelings and we have emotions. But Joseph hasn't once yet that we know, that's not recorded, maybe he did, but we don't have it recorded that he griped or he complained about any of the circumstances that he's gone through. Now, at one point that he, did he say, God, I'm being everything you want me to be. I'm doing everything you want me to do. And this is how my life ends, out, ends up. I, I'm a slave. Uh, it seems like things are going good. And then now I'm putting it, because we didn't even get into the, the weight of the situation, right? We talked about how he responded to her at first, how he, did, he wasn't going to sin against God, which, by the way, a while ago when I said that, uh, the, the one thing that he couldn't have was Potiphar's wife. If, if you remember last week, I mentioned this. It's not that Potiphar said he couldn't have her. Potiphar didn't say, hey, you own everything, you just can't have my wife. We don't have that recorded. But Joseph said one thing he's kept back from me. And, and I believe it was his commitment to the Lord and what God honors and what God expected. That Joseph said, I'm not going to do that. Again, and then we saw that in his response to her. But God has been with him through everything he's been through. God has given him favor. Again, we've seen one blessing after the other come to Joseph, even in the midst of, of great tragedy, great, great trial. And again, that brought us to last week's point. Sometimes you've been in that place, maybe. Maybe you're there now. You've been faithful to God. You've been serving God. You're, you're, you're faithful to try to witness. You're faithful to attend worship. You're faithful to give. You're faithful to serve. You're faithful to have a good attitude. You're faithful to love. You're faithful to, to, to try to live the life that God's called us to live as his ambassadors and as his children. Maybe you've experienced God's blessings and you, you can notice those blessings. And then you've realized it just got a little more difficult just got a little worse than it was before, the trial, the difficulty. Again, this is what we're seeing with Joseph, and hopefully it can continue being an example and encouragement to us um, in this. But this new kink, this new twist, this new ripple in the, tr in the trial is something very difficult because the implications of his master's wife making an advancement to him. It's not that he messed up and said, oh, oh, oh my bad, my bad, you know. It's that she has now wanted to sink her claws into him. Remember, I said a while ago, Joseph's life has been blessed, even in the midst of these, these trials. 
And just about every area of his life has been blessed. Genesis chapter 39, verse 6, so he left all that he had. Again, this is the, the situation Joseph was in. Had, had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food that he ate. And then look at the last part of this. Remember, said Joseph was blessed in just about every area of his life, even what we would say in physical appearance. Look what it says. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. So if somebody looks at Joseph, if we were to look at Joseph today, we'll look at his life, even though he was a slave, his state, his condition, we would still say, that dude's got it going on. I mean, look at him. He, he, he's handsome, he's in appearance, and everything he touches turns to gold, and he, he's just, just everything that, that anybody would be as a slave. You know, I mean, that's kind of the thing you have to say about Joseph, because that's where he was. And I believe this is what was so appealing to him as a pagan for Potiphar's wife. This guy. I mean, my husband, he was, he was, he was big time. I mean, he's a general. He's, he's in control of all of this. But Joseph came on the scene, hubba hubba. You know, first of all, hey, Joseph, you know, first of all. Second of all, everything he does, it goes good. Everything he does goes well. He's, everything he touches turns to gold. So I think it was very appealing uh, to her. So without regard for God, maybe as regard to her false gods or her false beliefs, maybe as like a golden token, she cast her eyes on handsome Joseph and says something like, be mine tonight. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. But that's kind of where we left it off. This, this drama, this soap opera is playing out before us. But I think, again, it's still teaching us some things, and we can learn something else this morning. So let's pray, and we'll look at this, this life point this morning. Father, thank you so much for this time again. Uh, we thank you for this opportunity to gather in your name and what we've already experienced. So we do look forward to that day that we can be in your presence, that we can be free from all the pain, the hurt, the worry, uh, the struggle, the difficulty, the trials, all, all the things that we face in this world that are negative. Lord, we don't want to diminish all the great blessings that you have given us in this life. First and foremost, the gift of eternal life. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you that we can have hope. And thank you that we can have confidence in you and your promises. Um, thank you for your word. Thank you for all these great just blessings that we have in this life. Thank you for your spirit that gives us help every day, gives us comfort like you promised. Thank you for the church uh, that we can be strengthened by, that we can be encouraged in, that we can serve and, and, and live this life together with and, and uh, help accomplish your mission with. Lord, we thank you for all these spiritual blessings. And, and on top of all the spiritual blessings, we thank you for all the physical blessings of family and, and um, just, just the things that are in this life that are in this life only. Lord, we just, we're thankful for all these good things. Um, so, Lord, help us not lose focus of all the blessings we have in light of all the trials and difficulties that we face. And I pray you'd move this morning and help us learn from your word once again what you want us to learn. Uh, Lord, if there's someone here that has never surrendered their life, maybe they've been to church, maybe they've said a prayer, but they know in their heart they've never surrendered their life to you. They've never put their full confidence in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, if they were to walk out of this place and Today would be the day that they died. They're not sure that they would spend eternity in heaven. If there's somebody like that this morning, Lord, I pray that before they leave, uh, they would make sure um, that you are their Lord and Savior. Um, 
and you do that work. Lord, we praise you for what you do. Excuse me now, and we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in our, what we've already seen is she makes this hubba hubba, be mine t- tonight advance to Joseph. And Joseph, his response to her is, no way, Jose. You know, I mean, she's not Jose, but she, she, he, says, he says, get out of here. There's no way. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to sin against God. I'm not going to do this evil, this wickedness in his sight. And again, an unwillingness to break the trust of his boss and an, unwilling, an unwillingness to break the heart of his God. And again, I think that is such a great example for us today. You know, we are called to do everything as unto the Lord. So if you have a job in this world, that's not what this life is about. It's not about the job you're doing, the money you earn, the stuff you buy with that. That's not what life is about. It's a, we have that in this temporal realm. But this life is about us having a relationship with an eternal God who loved us so much to send his son to die for the problem of sin that has disconnected us from that loving God. He sent his son to die. He rose again after he did die. And he offers eternal salvation and life to everyone who would believe in him. If our, our, our lives are about having a relationship with that God and accomplishing his mission while we have this short amount of time on this earth. His mission is once we do receive that gift of eternal life, it's to share that gift with other people who don't have that gift. Because when this life is over, this temporal world is gone, then we'll be with him forever. The door will be shut. Nobody else will enter in to eternal life. So we have this opportunity. So when we look at this life and we look at the fact that we've been given jobs, our responsibility, even in our temporal jobs, is to be the ambassadors of Jesus Christ in those jobs. So it's to be a representative of his kingdom, to do everything you do, as unto the Lord, to point people to Jesus Christ. Why do you work so hard? Why are you on time? Why do you, why do you say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am? Why do, you, why do you give your all? Why do you stay after to, to come up? Why do you give the extra effort? Why do you go the extra mile? Because I'm doing everything I do as unto the Lord. God has blessed me with this amazing opportunity in this free country to have a job and he's given me the abilities and the talents to, to actually do this job. And, and beyond that, he's blessed me with the blessings, the financial blessings that come in. And, and so, I, man, I, I just want to serve God in this job. I want to I honor him with what I do. And be a witness and a testimony. I don't know if I'd have that conversation with any of my co-workers. Why not? Man, if, if we did that, maybe it would point more people to Christ. Man, that dude, no, what we're worried about is what? When you give that type of effort, somebody will walk around like this. Mm-hmm. You know what that means, right? People think, oh, Brown knows him. You ain't going to get that promotion, Billy, doing that. Yeah. Hopefully, no, he's Billy. There's no Bills in here. Right? <laughs> uh, but we should be doing everything as unto the Lord. Joseph was doing that, God was blessing him. And when it, this opportunity of temptation was presented to, the, to him, He was unwilling to break the trust of his boss. Because while he was still a bondservant, while he was still a slave, his master had entrusted him with a great deal of responsibility. Joseph said, I'll I'll honor my master with giving him my all. And God blessed him. 
God brought the blessings in Joseph's life because Joseph's heart was right in the matter. And so when this temptation comes up, he says, look, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to break my master's trust because even though I'm, I'm his slave, he's still been good to me. And I'm going to serve him and I'm going to not break that trust. And not only that, I'm not going to do this wickedness and break the heart of my God. There's no way I could do that. So again, Joseph serves a great example of us in this life in so many different ways. Um, and, and I believe, as we saw last week, he's driven by pleasing God. That's apparent in his life. He just wants to please his, his God. He, he didn't want to please his brothers. Remember, he had several of them. They hated him. They wanted to, several of them wanted to kill him, kill him, and then they sold him into slavery. So he didn't, so you know what, I'll just, I'll just chill so that my brothers will start liking me again. He didn't do that. He didn't compromise so that his boss's wife would be pleased with him either. He, he was consumed with pleasing God. That was what was driving Joseph. I believe that Joseph had this eternal perspective that couldn't and wouldn't forfeit the eternal rewards for temporal pleasures. I believe he had that eternal perspective that he said, you know what, I'm not going to compromise just to please myself in the now and forfeit things later. Because those things later will remain forever. Those things later matter the most. These temporal pleasures that I have right now, they're here and then they go. Just as a reminder and a side note, a question, maybe this morning, is there anything robbing you of eternal rewards? From placing God in the things of God above all. Is there anything in your life right now that you can look to that's stealing your focus by way of short-term benefits or short-term pleasures? I'm going to say this morning, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Something that you're seeking out that gives you that short-term benefit or that short-term pleasure, it's not worth it. It's not worth forfeiting what God may have in store for you in eternity to just have that in the immediate right now. Notice here, Joseph wasn't saying, I'll lose my money, lady. I'll lose my power. I'll lose my position. Get away from me. I I got a bunch of stuff. I got a good life. Leave me alone. He didn't say that to her. Joseph wasn't focused on the temporary. Joseph wasn't focused on, 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 on the tangible stuff. He wasn't saying, why does this have to happen to me? I was just in my lane. I was doing what I was supposed to do. I was doing it as unto the Lord. And now this comes, this is another uh, a higher layer of difficulty in, in, in this trial. But again, he referenced those blessings, I believe, as I said last week, only as a marker to show that he's been entrusted with, number one, not breaking the trust and the responsibility that he'd been given, and as I said a while ago, also not sinning against God. But life point this morning is this in your notes. When you're struggling against temptation, when you're, when you're, when you're dealing with that, here's my, here's my temptation, short-term benefit, short-term pleasure. I can give into it right now. I may forfeit eternal rewards. But I can give into it. When, you, when you're struggling against temptation, Here's the only way to see victory, is to be fixated on Christ. When you're facing or struggling against temptation in your life, if you're there now, 
Maybe you're struggling with something nobody else knows about. You have a, you have a, a, a struggle with something. The only way to see victory is to stay fixated on Jesus Christ. It's the only way to see victory. This woman was powerful. She was, the, she was the wife of the general of all of Egypt. She had authority. She had clout. She had sway. She had, uh, she had persuasion, I'm sure. She had all the things that if any normal man was in that circumstance, would say, wow, how did he make it out of that? Again, she knew what to say. She was manipulative. And she was persistent, we'll, we'll eventually see. I believe if Joseph wasn't fixated on the Lord, there's no question as a normal man, he would have fallen. No doubt. If he wasn't fixated on the Lord in the middle of that trial, in, in the face of that temptation, I believe Joseph would have said, listen, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I own everything. And literally, he didn't say, I couldn't have you. That's just kind of a God thing. I, I, I think, when I, when I think about this point, I, I, it made me think of something. I, I love hog hunting, hunting hogs, feral hogs, um, destructive creatures of the land. Uh, it's, it's, it's something that, that I love. It's a good get out in the, in the, the open air and, and away from the concrete streets and um, help farmers. And, uh, <laughs> and so... Um, and that's the truth. But uh, I've had a few times where uh, there have been some hogs at some really far distances. And uh, matter of fact, recently I had a situation like that, uh, me and my father-in-law. And um, we say, you know what? The, the target is really far away. The target is blurry, uh, but we're going to try anyways. And so in those circumstances, a lot of time, the lingo that, that you use is this, we're just throwing lead. And that's basically what it is. We're, just, we're not really, it's not a real accurate attempt. It's just kind of throwing lead in hopes that it hits this far off, blurry, distant target. The success rate on those type of shots is really, really low. Like, it's not like, well, for normal people like this, I'm, I'm not talking about like snipers or like professional shooters or anything like that. But again, it's, it's really, really low when the target is far away. On the other hand, I've had the opposite situation where uh, they are in close range and they are very clear, crystal clear, even be able to see the hair on their backs clear. And again, image very clear. And the success rate of those scenarios is astronomically higher. Some of you can say amen. 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 It's, you just know the reality. If you hunt, you know the, the situation. It's a lot closer. You see the target. Boom. It's, it, there you go. It's, it's, it's a, um, a simple situation. But it, it's this point right here. When the target is near, it's typically more clear. And success can come more often. When the target is near, it's typically clear. And success can come more often. Many times, what happens in our walk of faith or where we fail in our struggle against temptation and our struggle against sin is we allow the target of our lives, which is Jesus Christ. That's what the, the scripture says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. 
many times we allow that target to be too distant from us. So when we're struggling against the sin, when we're struggling against the temptation, we've allowed something, we've allowed time, we've allowed this distance to come between us and the target of our lives, Jesus Christ. Now, we have to remember, in those situations, he hasn't done that. It's not that Jesus said, okay, I'm going to take a break from you for a little while. God doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't do that. But we distance ourselves. We're the ones that in, in, in our lives, we go through something. We go through the trial, we're, and then all of a sudden, we, like Joseph, we face the temptation. We face the struggle, and we find that whether we've become distracted or whether we become busy or whether we become disconnected for some reason, there's this distance. And so what happens is Jesus Christ in our life, his image, his power, his presence becomes blurred. Again, not because of him, but because we've allowed this. And the chance of success against that sin, that chance of success against that temptation becomes really, really low. The enemy in those opportunities, in those circumstances, boom, takes advantage, and we often fall into sin. We must remember what the Bible says about sin. It says when, when it's finished, it brings forth death. James chapter 1 says this. Chapter, chapter 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, because when he's tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. We all have that, that, that capacity to be pulled away from what is right, to be tempted and, and enticed. But when we go down that road, the Bible says, and lust is given opportunity, what it brings forth, what lust, if we don't squash it, if we don't turn away, if we don't turn to God, what happens is lust produces something, and it's sin. And sin is only good for one thing, the Bible says, and that is death. Sin is only good for death. The wages of sin is death. When Sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. So we must remember there's no good in conceding to temptation and sin. None. You say, I'm struggling with this really right now. Listen, I don't care how good, how amazing, what the benefits look like. Conceding to that lust and giving in to that to the point of sin is not worth it in any way. In no regard, it's, it's not worth giving in to that sin. Because it will do nothing but bring destruction and death. Temporary pleasure, whatever it is, maybe, whatever you're dealing with, whatever, maybe, maybe you're not dealing with this, but whatever, if it's, if it's lust or covetousness or fear. See, sometimes that's what happens when they say, I don't, I don't really struggle with lust. I don't really struggle with coveting things that I don't have. I don't really struggle with greed. Maybe it's fear. Those things go away. They fade quickly. In other words, the pleasure that comes from them. Whenever you give in to those temptations, you give in to those things, the, 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 the pleasure, the, the temporary fix, the temporary benefit goes away. And what it requires is another fix, is another temporary pleasure, another, uh, you know, something to, to keep it alive. But the end result is always still the same, no matter how much you do it. It's death. The consequence is always in the, in, the, in the trail behind is a path of destruction. That's it. 
in our lives as the children of God, we've got to remember this. We see this similar in Potiphar's wife. She, she is going to be persistent because this first rejection of her isn't going to be enough. We'll see that. But our enemy today, Satan himself, is relentless. He's not, he doesn't have sympathy for us. He doesn't have a care for us. He, he is a roaring lion, the Bible says. And the Bible says that he is going to use schemes to try to get us, just as he was trying to use this scheme to destroy the servant of God, Joseph. Look what happens, though, in, back in our text in chapter 39 of Genesis, verse 10. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day. Persistence. Now listen, there's something maybe you're dealing with on a daily basis. It's a temptation you face every day. Maybe it is that greed. Maybe it's that covetousness. Maybe it's that lust. Maybe it's fear. Every single day I'm worried of if, if I'm going to be able to do this. Every single day I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this. I have fear. It captivates me. And the only way that I can give in is, is just continuing to, to be more fearful or whatever, more anxious. But it says that it came to pass that she spake to Joseph day by day. Look what happens. That he hearkened not unto her and, uh, to lie by her or to be with her. He wouldn't have said, listen, we're not going to go to the same room, lady. We're not, we're not going to be in the same bed. No, no, we can't just lay down together. No, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to have anything to do with that. It came to pass about this time that Joseph went to the house to do his business. Again, wanted to do what God had called him to do, which, is, which was to do everything as unto him. And there was none of the men of the house there within. Uh-oh. But there was a lady. And she caught him by the garment, saying, lie with me. And Joseph did everything he could to leave and get out of that situation. He did the right thing. But as she grabbed onto him, he peeled out of that jacket. And it was left in her hand. And look what he did. He fled. And he got him out. <laughs> I, love the new, I love the King James Version here. It says, and he got him out. That's about as... <laughs> I mean, look, next time, you, next time you face the temptation, use the Bible words right there. I'm getting me out. <laughs> I'm not dealing with this anymore. But um, the enemy, the reality of our lives today, again, is the enemy will not give up. He's not going to stop. He's not going to give in. He's not going to say, well, they resisted five times. I won't give them six. He doesn't do that. That's not how the enemy works. The enemy will continue to pursue. He will continue to press. He will continue to, uh, to, to try to bring us down. Again, the life point this morning, our only hope, our only hope for victory against temptation and sin is to stay fixated on Christ. Staying near, not far. What, what was that? Is that like a Sesame Street thing? When they're near? Far. You know? Isn't that something like that? Anyways, the, our only hope is to stay near to Christ and stay fixated on him. 1 Peter chapter 5, again, the enemy's not going to give up. It says this, here's how we can deal with it. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. That's what Joseph did. And here it is, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded and be watchful. So be humble, let God lift you up, cast all your fears and anxieties on him because God really does care about you. But you need to be alert and watchful, be serious, because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He's just looking for you to be distant from Christ. 
That's what the enemy's looking for. He's looking, and to be distant from Christ, what does that look like? Distant from fellowship with him, distance from his body, distance from his word, distance from worship, distance, again, that's what it is. That's why we have the church. That's why the power is within the church. Look at the New Testament. We're talking about this this morning. In the New Testament, there's no lone rangers. It's the context of the church. And well, I've talked about this before when I've preached on this before. When you get out there and you say, look in the wild. Listen, it's the ones that get off by themselves that are, are in the greatest danger. We're, we're to stay near. Because the enemy's looking who he can devour. It says this, here's how you do it. You resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced in your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you've suffered a while, the God of all grace, who has called you into his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. James chapter 4 says this, chapter five, I mean, verse 5, Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace? It says that we're, in verse 7, to submit ourselves to God and resist the devil. And when we do that, he'll flee from us. And in verse 8 it says, draw nigh to God, near, and he'll draw nigh to you. If we keep, the, if we keep our fixation on Christ and we draw near to him and we, we flee temptation, just like Paul told Timothy, flee youthful lust. If we, we stay close to Christ, stay in the pack, stay close to the body, stay in close fellowship with him, and we put on the armor that he's given us, just as it says in Ephesians chapter 6, then our chances of being like a Joseph and escaping the temptation, escaping the sin, and missing the destruction that sin leaves in its path are a lot higher. Matter of fact, it's the only way we'll see victory on a consistent basis is to stay fixated and close to Christ. Joseph didn't give in even at the persistence of temptation. And I believe... It was because of his desperate fixation on the Lord. You can note this. That's our only hope against the very effective schemes of the enemy. That's our only hope against the very effective schemes of the enemy. This morning, I want to ask you this. Are you entertaining something in your life? Are you allowing something to linger? A temptation. What about covetousness? What about lust? What about fear? Anxieties, like we just said a while ago, casting all your anxiety on him. Are, are you letting these things linger in your life? Because if you do, versus fleeing from these things, it will get you. Because all the enemy's trying to do is get you a little bit further and further distance from the Lord, a little bit further and further to where Christ becomes a little more blurry the things of God becomes a little more blurry the things of God becomes a little less important and when he gets you to that place he's going to pounce and you and I have no hope against his strength we have no power in our own that's why we've got to stay near to the Lord that's why we stay have got to keep him fixated on him and so how about you do you handle the blessings like Joseph are you handling temptations like Joseph He's handling adversity like him. He serves as a great example this morning. What about this? Are you infatuated with comfort? Therefore, you're willing to compromise your complete devotion to Christ. Are you fixated on Christ? 
Are you unmovable in your devotion to him and your kingdom? Are you saying, you know what? It's not negotiable. I'm not moving. I'm dedicated to the Lord. Are you, are you letting temptation linger? Again, as I said a while ago, the only answer for you this morning is to flee now. It's not to say, well, I'll deal with this later. It's to flee now. Draw near to God now. And let the target of your life be near and clear so that you can have success. This morning, if, if, as I said while I go and prayed earlier, if there's never been a time that you've entered into a sincere relationship with Jesus Christ, and maybe you find yourself at a place where you're like, I don't know, I don't even know what to do on a daily basis. I struggle all the time. And you know you don't have a, a, a real relationship with the Lord. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Your only hope in this life is Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite you. We're going to have an invitation. People are going to be here at this altar praying, and uh, we'll have a couple of ministers down here. And if, if, you, if you're not quite sure where you're going to spend eternity, I want to invite you at least come down here and ask one of these men. Say, hey, how can I know? We're not going to force you to make a decision. You can choose your own. Every, every man has to make their own decision. Every person has to make their own decision. But at least you can see. At least you can hear and then you can decide from there. But don't leave this place unsure about where you're going to spend eternity. Because, man, we as those of us who have surrendered our life to Christ, those of us who have uh, God's presence in our life, it's a struggle, just like it was for Joseph. Our only help and hope is the Lord. And it's only by His grace, and it's only by that salvation that we've been given, that we're going to uh, miss the judgment of sin, which is the lake of fire for all of eternity. And the only reason we're missing it is not because we're good enough, it's but because of what he's done and what he's given to us. And so if you've never done that, the Bible says there's condemnation, there's judgment on your life. And if it were to end, you would spend an eternity facing the judgment, experiencing the judgment of sin forevermore. The only answer is Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you to come this morning when we open up the altar. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you for this reminder this morning. God, it, it, it is so important for us to remember that we've got to stay fixated on Jesus Christ. Lord, it's so easy for us to get busy. It's so easy for us to get distracted. It's so easy, as to get, easy for us to give in to temptation, whether it be fear, worry, anxiety, or lust, or covetousness, or greed, or any, anything else. Lord, it's, it's it's so easy for us in these fleshly bodies to, to give into that. But help us to be reminded this morning to flee those, those lusts, flee those temptations, to run to you, to draw nigh to you, to, to keep you near, Lord, to stay near to you so that you will draw near to us and that we'll have your strength through everything we face. Lord, I pray that you move now in this invitation. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.